0: thankful tonight that your king is known by all of those things by grace by mercy by love praise God praise God praise God it is so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight amen I am thankful for what God has already done in this place amen today this morning service and tonight in the prayer room and I just believe that God is going to do something great in this house tonight. Amen. I I come very humbled tonight by the Lord, and I'm thankful for this opportunity to bring His Word to you tonight. Amen. I'm going to be reading from three different passages of Scripture tonight. Brother Andrew has them, if you can't get there in time. Isaiah 53, John chapter 1. In First Peter chapter 2, I want to ask you tonight, do you feel like you've truly, truly accepted God? I'm not talking about lifting our hands and accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life. But according to His Word, have we truly embraced Him, all of Him? Everything that comes with loving Him and serving Him and bearing His name. You know, for me, I was born and raised in this. And I'm so very thankful. I'm thankful that I didn't have to live a life outside of these walls and somehow make it into this place. But sometimes I feel like that was like an heirloom that was just kind of there. That I was given But almost not truly realizing the value of what exactly it is that I have. I've been given things by family members. That I didn't know the cost that it took them to obtain that. I didn't understand the price that was paid for me to have what they gave me. I didn't understand the significance of that moment. But tonight I want to know have we truly accepted Him. We don't have a ton of options. I accept Him or I reject Him. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not of Him. In Him. It's not there. I have a choice that I... Have to make tonight, and it's mine. It's my choice. Amen. Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3 For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected. Of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. He is despised, he was despised. Passion Translation says, We considered him a nobody, not worthy of respect. John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. And 1 Peter 2 and 4 says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed or rejected indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject, this living, precious stone. This living, precious stone. Father, we love you tonight. I need your help tonight. God, I feel your anointing here in this place. I pray that it would rest upon me right now, God, as I deliver your word. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart that is here. Touch the ears of those that are here. Let the ears hear what the Spirit hath to say tonight. God, and we pray that it would settle in our hearts and forever change us. God, you're speaking to somebody this day. God, you are trying to awaken somebody and get them, Lord, to pay attention to what you're wanting to do in their life If they would only allow you that opportunity. And we give you glory and honor and praise tonight. In Jesus name we pray. You can be seated tonight. Rejection is something that thankfully none of us have ever had to face. Yeah. We've never felt... Left out. We've never felt ridiculed or despised or rejected. We've never felt that. Thankfully, we are not those. But what does rejection really look like? What does rejection truly feel like? Research has shown that the pain of being excluded is not very different from the pain of an actual physical. Injury. As far as your brain is concerned, a broken heart is not so different than a broken arm. In fact, research has shown that the pain of rejection can actually be more damaging. Because even after rejection walks away, even after it has happened to you and that person leaves or you fled that situation... That rejection will still taunt you. It will still haunt you. You'll still think about it in your sleep. You'll still be thinking about it during your day-to-day life. What somebody said that offended you. What somebody said that hurt you. Or that moment that 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 job declined you. That position. And you felt the pain of that rejection. It keeps us from ever really wanting to try again. As Brother Hughes, Brother James Hughes has said such a long time, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is one of the biggest lies we've ever been told. Because those bones heal, those bones recover, but words that are spoken and things that happen to us and in us can be paralyzing. To despise is to look down on with disrespect. To regard as worthless. Rejection means not given approval or acceptance. And the truth is tonight. Rejection is something each and every one of us has faced. We have all felt left out at once upon a time. We have all felt ridiculed. We have all felt shame and embarrassed and left out. Even the popular The wealthy, the nice looking, the famous, they have all struggled with rejection. And we find ourselves for being rejected a long list of reasons. And it's not always just people who reject us, sometimes it's just life. Sometimes it's the cards we were dealt. I've been rejected by a vending machine. I've gone to a debit card machine to pay, and I have been declined. Roller coasters have rejected me. And I've seen the kid who so anxiously wants to get on a ride and goes up there only to find themselves a few inches too short. They've been rejected. I've also watched some turn away for actually being too tall to ride a roller coaster. I've seen players denied a chance of being on the field because someone else was better or because somebody else had a better name. Somebody else had a pedigree. Somebody else had a mom or dad who was capable, so they must be capable. I've seen people rejected from a job because they were not qualified. And I've also heard of people denied a job because they were overqualified. I've seen kids and adults alike weeping Sitting alone at a table because they have been rejected. They have felt the shame. They have felt the persecution that comes. And they find themselves alone thinking nobody cares. We've all no doubt felt the sting of rejection. And we have felt, especially within the last year, that isolation. The loneliness, the depression like never before. And for most people, being rejected does not fill you with anticipation to just go back out there and do it again and give it everything you got. Because the next time we approach that situation, we come with our guard up. We come saying, well, I I tried this once before and and it didn't work out. And and now I've built a wall and a barrier. And so I come to church tonight with all of these walls that I've built protecting me because I I can't deal with that rejection again. That one that put themselves out there and continues to do their part trying to make something work only to continue facing that same rejection time and time again. You see, being rejected one time, that stings, that hurts, that can be crippling, and you feel the effects of it. Some of you tonight, just hearing the word rejection, your mind immediately went to that one person. It went to that one time and that one place that may have been 30 years ago, but immediately you're taken there because rejection stings. But constant rejection can destroy Constant denial and disapproval and being despised can cause you to not want to live. It can cause you to want to crawl in a hole and go into your bedroom and never come out. That, that constant rejection can be so crippling. Being rejected, unseen, unworthy or unvalued will directly affect someone's self-esteem and self-confidence. You say that you don't have the problems and you don't have that sting today. But when we come into the house of God, the smile that you've got on and the hands you've got lifted and the worship that you've got going may may work for a little while. But deep down inside of you, if you were to be honest, there's still some times where that that rejection hurts. Perhaps it's even been by somebody Here in this room, and you come and you pretend like everything's all right and everything's great, but you feel that pain. Rejection can cause you to withdraw, to shut down, to avoid, to disconnect, and disengage. Rejection causes us to quit trying and say, Well, why bother? Because every time I've gone to the altar Every time I've prayed Every time I've given it to God Every time that I've tried to do it Nothing worked out the way that I thought it would And nothing in my life has, has gone the way I had it planned And so I see that as rejection And I, I end up just putting myself in a shell And sitting at my pew And just coming just to get along and go along But thanks be to God That Jesus took that rejection. And when it would have been so easy for him to walk away. It would have been so easy for him to throw in the towel. He was a stone. And by stone I do not mean heartless. I do not mean that he was tough and hard on people. I do not mean he was this overbearing God that doesn't want to listen to our pity party. But I mean a stone because he is capable. He is strong. He is bold. And he is courageous. As God, he faced that rejection. His creation ignored him. He gave them a command. He told them, you can have all of this. But please, please don't go to that one tree. And yet even still, they disregarded his request. And he immediately felt that rejection. This is what it feels like to be rejected. Then you find his people, the children of Israel, time and time again. Rebelled against him. Never doing what he said. Never obeying the word of the Lord. Never listening to the man of God. Going about their business. Doing whatever they wanted to do. And constantly rejection Rejection, rejection. He brought up kings, but they would not listen. He gave promises, and yet still they doubted. He worked with 12 men and told them that he could do anything, and yet still they had little faith. Time and time again, you watch as he is rejected. And he even gets to the place where he repented that he even made man. And while being God, he felt that sting of rejection. Sitting on that throne, he felt that sting of rejection. But now, this time, he's going to feel it in a very different way. Because this time, he is wrapped in this stuff called flesh. This time, it hits a little differently. Because this time, he has to have a heart for people While being hurt by people. This time he has to come unto his own. Wanting to work, wanting to heal, wanting to move, wanting to deliver, wanting to set them free. And them saying, no, not today. No, I I can't do that right now. No, I'm, I'm content with my life. And we don't need to receive you. We've got other things going for us. We've got other plans. We're expecting somebody else. This isn't the Messiah that we were expecting. We weren't expecting a baby. We were expecting a mighty warrior. And so they reject him. He had to have a heart for people while being hurt by people. John 1.14 said that word became flesh. He became man. Now why would he do that? Why would he leave his throne and come and make this place his home? Why would he do that? Hebrews 4 in the Passion says it like this. He understands humanity. For as a man, not as God, but as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are. And he conquered sin. The message says he's been through weakness and testing. Experienced it all, all but the sin. He did it all to redeem people. He did it all to bear your sin and your shame. He did it all so that you could be set free to redeem a people that would be His. And He enters the scene as a baby, coming down, wrapping Himself in flesh. And it's here you find in Luke chapter 2. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the end. Once again, his first encounter here on earth thinking maybe now they will accept me. Maybe now they will see that their Savior has come. Maybe now they will accept the word of the Lord through the angels to the shepherds. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I come to bring good tidings of great joy to you. Today is born in the city of David a Savior. You think that that would just be the icing on the cake, but then a knock on the door. I'm sorry, we have no room. There's no place we're rejecting him yet again. The closed doors that we face hurt. That rejection hurts. The ones that we think will be open. Surely somebody's prepared. They knew the prophecy. They knew that this day was going to come. They didn't know it would be today. But surely somebody's just been waiting and expecting, saying he could come today. It could happen today. We've got to make sure we've got a place for him. We've got to make sure that we're ready to receive him. But instead, it was just rejection. When life crumbles, it hurts. Disappointments, rejection, being despised. But though he came as a baby, he was still a living, precious stone. He was the chief, he was the one that would bridge the gap between humanity and deity. He was the one that would come and make a way where there was no way before. He would come as a baby and He would live His life working miracles, signs and wonders, but also going to a whipping post and being beaten and bruised, bleeding for you and I and climbing on an old rugged cross and dying and being put in a... Come on, does that still excite anybody that He did it for you and I? Even when He was rejected, even when He was despised, He said they don't know what they're doing They don't know what they're talking about They don't know what I know But I'm going to do it anyways Because I love them And I'm trying to bridge this gap So that they don't have to feel The rejection as I have felt He would not just Make a way this time He was the way And I see him give of himself And then he gives Some more And then he gives some more and when you feel like he's got nothing left to give, yet again he gives more. Because of compassion. Because he loved us. All to a people who would not receive him, who would not believe him, who would not obey him, who would not heed his words. And all that he did for his children. All the provision that he made. And yet still they could find nothing to be happy about. They could find nothing to rejoice about. They could find nothing to be pleased with. And they just constantly rejected him. Matthew writes, when the even was come. When it was late. Not early, not fresh in the day after breakfast when you've got all the energy. But when it was late, when you think it's time to finally wind down. When it was late, after he has already healed a leper, he's already healed the centurion's servant. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. Then they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirit with his word. And he healed all that were sick. Even late in the hour, even when he was weary, even when no doubt he was feeling the effects of this flesh and humanity, and he had given, and he had given, and he had given, there came a crowd of people that needed him, and he said, if they need me, I'm going to be there. If they will accept me, I'm going to do a work among them. If they will just have me, I promise to do wonders in their life. And God is saying the same thing tonight. It may be late in the hour, but there shall be light in evening time. There shall be hope in this present darkness. There's still a God in this hour that says, if they'll receive me, I'll work. If they'll let me, I'll do something. If they'll open the door, I'll still come in and sup with them. We love that he bore our sin. And we rejoice in that tonight. But Matthew also says... That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and He bare our sickness. You hear me? He didn't just bear our sin. He took our sickness. He took our shame. He took our rejection. He took the chastisement of our peace upon Him. He took it all in Him. And He said, I've got you. I'm not going to let you face this alone. I'm not going to let you hurt in a way that I haven't had to hurt. I'm going to do it all. And I'm not just just doing it as God I'm stepping into humanity into flesh so that I can tell you it can happen you can make it you can get through it but you're gonna need the help of God he took it because this stone this stone can take it when Jesus hears of the beheading of John his friend his cousin The one that made a way for him in the wilderness. He goes into a desert place. Desert here means solitary. Lonely, desolate, uninhabited. Jesus, for just a moment, again, be reminded, he's he's flesh. And so when his cousin dies, and he goes into a desert place... He's not going out there to rejoice and be exceeding glad. He's not going out there to cheer with everybody and applaud. He's going out there because he has felt the sting. He has felt that hurt once again. That, that these people just are not getting what I am doing. They don't realize what is happening here. And now my, my cousin who's who's done so much and he's gone ahead of me time and time again preparing the way. Has now suffered all of these things because of what I am trying to accomplish here no doubt he was hurting and no doubt needed just a moment, just a breather, just a moment to probably shed a few tears and hurt because he had lost one that he loved. While yes, he is deity, he is also humanity. A multitude then comes while he is in this desert place. And it would be easy in that moment of hurt and sadness and, and upset as he was, it would have been easy for him to say, not tonight. I came to this desert place just, just to get away. Just to, just to have a moment of solitude. Just to have a moment where I, I didn't have all of this. But it says, a multitude comes. And when he saw them, he had compassion on them. This stone that is tough as nails was able to bear it all. But he still wanted to minister. He wasn't Mr. Macho Tough Guy all the time. But he was also compassionate. And he couldn't help but love them. He couldn't help but want to reach them and help them. Because this living stone was precious. The night was taken. Peter denies him. Judas betrays him. And verse 56 of Matthew tells us, all the disciples forsook Him. Those twelve that He had brought so close, and that He had loved so much and poured Himself into, that night all forsook Him. They all rejected Him. They all came up with their own reasons for what they did. Yet He continued... Giving John said, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him that night, he knew exactly what he was going to encounter, exactly what he was going to face. And yet he bore it all. The stone was willing to crawl onto a cross and give it all for you. Matthew 21, 42 says, Jesus said unto them, haven't ye ever read the scriptures that says the very stone the builder rejected as flawed? They marked it off as useless and unworthy. Has now become the most important cornerstone. This was the Lord's plan. Isn't it marvelous to behold? He said that thing that you've discarded has now become the most important. The thing you rejected has now been put in a place where everything is going to be built upon it. Everything is going to be based upon it. It is Christ alone. This is the stone. John said he came unto his own and his own received him not. That scripture always grabs me and just stirs me so much. To come unto your own and they not receive you. They wouldn't accept him. They wouldn't acknowledge him. All because he did not fit into their idea of who they thought he should be. He didn't do it the way they thought he should do it. He didn't come the way that they thought it should be done. And so they simply marked him off as useless and unworthy. They rejected him. Matthew 13 verses 53 through 58 in the passion says, when Jesus arrived in his hometown Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. Everyone was dazed, overwhelmed with astonishment over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They said to one another, where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous power? Isn't he just the craftsman's son? Isn't he really just a nobody? Isn't he really just another one of us? Who does he think that he is? Isn't his mother's name Mary and his four brothers Jacob, Joseph, Simon, and Judah? And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? From where then did he get all of this revelation and power? You can see what they're doing here is they're trying to dumb him down and water him down and, and really make him of none effect and say, isn't he just a man? Isn't he just like one of us? Isn't he lowly? Isn't he incapable of really doing anything? Yet Yet here he is coming in here speaking all of these wonderful things. Sounds like some people in our world right now. Isn't he just a man? And the people became offended and began to turn against him. Not only was he one of their own and they didn't receive him. They actually began rejecting him. Jesus said there's only one place a prophet isn't honored. His own hometown." And their unbelief kept him from doing many mighty miracles in Nazareth. Because they didn't really understand who was there before them. Because they did not accept this precious living stone. They didn't accept him and say, whatever you've got, I want it. Whatever you want to do, I want you to do it. God, I accept The stone astonished. Isn't he just a man? They were offended in him. And he did not mighty works in them because of their unbelief. If God doesn't work, it's not because he does not want to work. If we come into the house of God and you leave saying, Well, I don't feel like God did anything. I don't feel like God worked. I don't feel like God moved. Could it be Could it be people that he came unto his own? And there were people here that that did not receive him. That just said, oh, well, can he really do anything? I mean, look at this situation. Look at what I'm going through right now. Can he really do all of these things? What we view as limiting God, God sees it as rejection. Pastor spoke on it this morning, and I want to share it again tonight. Psalm 78 said they limited him. They prevented him. They turned their back from him. They provoked Him. They forgot His great love. They disregarded all that they saw. And they forgot the judgment of the plagues that set them free. How? How do you forget all of the things that God has done? How do you forget how He saved you? How do you forget how He brought you out of bondage? How do you get to the place where you don't remember all the things That he's done for you How could you ever get to the place Where you don't remember the pit From whence he dug you from You don't remember the miry clay He pulled you out of You don't remember the darkness He called you out of How could we ever get to that place Where we don't accept him We don't accept this lively Beautiful precious stone How? Because you fail to truly Except this living precious stone. 2 Thessalonians 2 said. Because they rejected the love of the truth. Because they rejected. God would turn them over to a strong delusion. Barclay said when Jesus spoke. All he encountered was hostility. They would not listen to him because after all, he was just a man. Oh, but he was more than just a man. He was a lively, precious stone. When the crowd is given the option to choose Barabbas or Jesus, and he hears them as they scream, give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. Give us the thief. Give us the prisoner, the one that's done all the wrong. We reject Jesus. We reject him. He's false. He's a phony. We disregard him. Give us that other man, Barabbas. Once again in that flesh, don't you know the pain that he felt and the sting that he felt when those words were spoken, even though he knew it was meant to be, even though he knew it was the lot that was his? Don't you know that in this humanity, in this flesh, when they rejected him yet again, when he had done no wrong, when he had lived a perfect life, when he had healed their sons and their daughters? When he had worked miracles among them and fed them and given of himself to them time and time again to hear them say, give us Barabbas. And we come into the house of God and we come and we lift our hands. But on Monday through Saturday, we've called for Barabbas. We've called for something else and we've rejected him because we truly haven't let him do what he wants to do in our life. Like pastor spoken of this morning, we put limits on God and said, you can have this area and you can have this place, but everything else belongs to somebody else. That's my schedule. That's my part of the calendar. Those are my vacation days. But God said, no, I can't be rejected. You can't love both. You can't love the world and me. You've got a choice you've got to make. You can choose Barabbas or you can choose me. You can choose this or you can choose a lively precious stone that will fight for you, that will pray for you when Satan hath desired you, that will get on a cross for you, that will take the rejection on your behalf with all that rejection. Yet he still gets on the cross. And he says, Father, forgive. Them. They know not what they do. They don't understand what they're saying. They don't understand what they are asking. They don't understand what this rejection means. First Peter 2 in the New King James Version says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men. But chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scriptures. Behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Elect. Precious. And he... Who believes on him. He who finally accepts him. And embraces him. Will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe. He is precious. But to those who are disobedient. To those that reject. To those that turn away. To those that don't fully embrace him. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word. To which they were also appointed. The commentary says it like this. He shows us how time and time again. Israel refused to listen. And while writing sometimes reference Israel as the cornerstone. Jesus is now taking that name upon himself. And saying you've refused me. But you don't realize what you're doing when you've refused me. He will become your sanctuary. Or he will become your stone of offense to those who accept him he will become a sanctuary and a salvation to those who call on the name of the Lord they shall be saved to those who say I want you God I need you God he will be there he'll come running he'll come to help you and say come on you can build on me you can put your hope on me you can live through me and by me you can do it today if you will accept me if you will accept it and embrace it That I am a lively and precious stone And I will be that to you But to those that reject him He will become a terror and a destruction He is savior and friend Or he is judgment and condemnation But I get to choose Either I'm going to accept it And embrace it And say I want you to be that lively Precious stone That is chief That will bridge the I want you to be that in my life. Don't let him become a stumbling block to you. Don't let it be something that you reject time and time again and say, No, I don't need that tonight. I don't need that change right now. I'll wait a little bit before I get my life together and then I'll accept it. He said, No, I need you right now to understand you've got to accept this stone. You've got to accept it and you've got to build your life on it because your life. Stones too, uh, and I need to build my kingdom, and I want you to be a part of it. He's looking for somebody to receive him, and if you don't receive him, you can't receive what he has to offer. Well, God, I want your blessings, I want your provision, I want your protection, I want your healing, I want your financial blessings, I want all of these things for my family. But God, I just need you, as Pastor said, in that circle. If you could just stay right there, God, that would be great. He said because of their unbelief, he was not able to do miracles in Nazareth. When you realize that God Almighty was not able to do something because of you, because you doubted, because you didn't believe it was possible, because you doubted, because you had a negative spirit, because you questioned everything God was wanting to do. He was in the world, the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came into His own, and His own received Him not. But, but as many as received Him to them, Gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Once again, you could look at it through the negative scope and say, well, those that didn't receive him, they didn't believe, they didn't think that it was possible. But for the ones that would receive him. To the ones that would come and say, I want whatever you've got for me, Lord. I want what you've got for Greater Life Church. I want what you've got for my family. To the ones that would receive him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. There was a man... That invited many to join him in a great feast. And when it was all ready, he told his servant, I want you to go tell everybody that's invited to come. So the servant goes to all of those that had been invited. But one by one, they all made excuses. Excuses. Well, I can't come because I just bought this land. I can't come because I just got married. I can't come because I've got baseball practice. I can't come because I don't feel too good. I can't come because all this is going on. I can't come because I had a bad day. I can't come. I can't do those things. The servant tells the man of their excuses, and it did not settle very well. So he said, I want you to go at once throughout the city. And I want you to invite anyone that you find. The poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, the lonely. I want you to invite them to my banquet. He goes and he comes back and he says, even with all of these, there's still room for more. Look at your neighbor, say there's still room for more. So the master tells the servant, okay, I want you to go out again. And this time bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets. Go to the outcast and the homeless and insist that they come in and enjoy this feast. So that my house will be full. Tell anybody if you'll accept my invitation. If you will just accept my call to you, if you will just hear the preacher tonight and accept this word and say, I want it, I want to be a part of that number, I want to be a part of that feast, then you can come. But I say to you all, no one who receives an invitation to feast with me and makes excuses will ever enjoy my banquet. Every person that is given that invitation and rejects it. We may not reject it intentionally. No, God, I don't want you. I don't want the things I have for you. And neither did those people. They didn't say, no, I don't want to come to the banquet. They didn't say, I don't want to be with you, master. They didn't want to say, I don't want to come and be in your presence. They just said, I've got something else going on. I've got something else that's more important right now. I've got something else that's kind of on the top of my priority list. It had nothing to do with him, but he said, you're missing the whole point. If you're not accepting this invitation, you are rejecting me. If you are not accepting this call to you, you are rejecting me. Isaiah 53 said he was despised and rejected. The message says it like this. The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him and thought he was scum. But the fact is. It was our pains. He carried. It was our disfigurements. It was all the things wrong. With us. We thought he brought it on himself. And that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to Him. That ripped and tore and crushed Him. Our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through His bruises we get healed. And we're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. And we've all done our own thing and gone our own way. And God has piled all Our sins. Everything we've done wrong. On him. On him. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered. And like a sheep being sheared. He took it all. In silence. How? How did he do that? Because he is a living Precious stone. Justice miscarried. He was let off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare. Beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked. They threw him in a grave with a rich man. Even though he never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along to crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. How could somebody Not accept someone who loves like that, who rejected time and time again, who felt the shame, who felt the despise. He felt all of that that came upon him and he took it all upon himself so that we didn't have to feel that. How could we not say, oh God i love you jesus thank you for the price that you paid i will gladly receive you oh god that is the message oh god that we are to share that is the love of jesus it is that death the burial and resurrection that hope of new life that hope oh god of a brighter tomorrow oh god let us remember the price you paid it wasn't just the nails it wasn't just the crown of thorns it was the rejection time and time again oh it was that pain you felt when you took upon yourself this flesh and you felt the rejection and you were despised we know the pain your body felt I can't even imagine but the constant rejection you faced time and time again God what did that do to you how did that make you feel how does it make you feel today when we come into your house and you outstretch your hand wanting to help wanting to provide wanting to work a miracle but instead we choose another alternative God we have other priorities we have other things at the top of our list God forgive me forgive me if I've ever rejected you in any way if I've ever allowed something else to become priority over your presence over you oh God forgive me oh Lord tonight if I have not viewed you as that lively precious stone if I have not seen you for who you are tonight (laughs) stand all over this house tonight How many times has he come into this place wanting to work, wanting to move, but he comes to his very own and his own receive him not? He comes to his own. Well, isn't he just a man? Isn't he really busy with something else? Isn't he really caught up in our world's issues and what's going on? Isn't he caught up with other things? Oh, he may be, but he has compassion on you. He wants to stop whatever he's doing and say, if you're here and you'll accept me, I want to be your God. And I want you to be my people. I want to be your father. I want to be your friend. But you've got to accept me. Still intentionally or unintentionally. He's rejected. As pastor said this morning. Our view of God is skewed. And we sometimes are guilty of making excuses. And coming up with reasons. Why he can't do what he said he wants to do in my life. What happens when the spirit starts moving. And we stop it. And I've seen it happen in our services. I've seen it happen when God is trying to move in somebody's life. And and, and there's so many questions in their mind. And I get it. I understand. What is speaking in tongues? What does that look like? Somebody being filled with the Spirit and and speaking that unknown tongue. That's kind of weird and it creeps me out a little bit. And I don't understand. That's okay. I understand all of that. But when God is trying to move. I see it on their face. God is moving. And they're, it's all over them. And they do this. <clears throat> and they shut it down. They stop it. They shut their mouth. Because they don't know what tongues sounds like. Or what it's going to be like. Or will they look weird? Or will they sound funny? And they stop it. I've watched as people who came... It wasn't that they had unbelief. It was that they have felt rejection time and time again. And so they've come to an altar. Almost coming saying, I, it ain't going to happen again tonight because I've done this before. And without realizing it, you've rejected God. Your limiting God has been you really just rejecting God. And you talk when he's moving. And you move around when he's moving. And you try to keep yourself busy so that God can't really get a hold of your life and change you. But tonight, I'm not interested in that. I want to make sure that before I leave this place tonight, he knows that I've accepted him fully. God, whatever you want to do, I want you to do it. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, quench not the spirit. Don't reject it. Never restrain or put out that fire. Let him move in this place tonight. With hands lifted all over this house, surrendered right now. Come on, every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. Every child, every young person, every elder. Hands lifted and surrender. Oh God, right now, Lord. Help me to accept you, this living precious stone, who bore my sin and bore my shame and bore my guilt. Oh, I'm not rejecting that stone tonight. I'm not going to be guilty of being one of the ones. Oh, that rejected that stone tonight. My excuses are not going to keep me from you. My past is not going to stop you from loving me. You're a living, precious stone. And I'm so thankful tonight that you bore all of that for me. God, I've got two options tonight. I receive you or I reject you. There's no middle road here. I receive you or I reject you. And God, I refuse to reject the stone that the builders rejected. I refuse to cast you aside as worthless and useless. You're everything to me. <laughs> Whatever you're wanting to do in me Whatever you're wanting to do in my family Whatever you're wanting to do in my church Whatever you're wanting to do in my calling I surrender I accept it, God Whatever it looks like Whatever the outcome I know I can trust you Forgive me, God, if I've ever Accepted something else, oh God, and you felt rejected.